Hello, and welcome to, um, you know, I don't want to start this off too, uh, with, you know, too, too much, uh, high hopes, just like Brendan Urie said, um, but I do believe that this is a, um, it, I think it will go down in history, as one of uh, the podcasts, not like any specific thing. It'll just it'll definitely be one of them, and I think that's um, pretty neat. Anyway, hi, um, my name is Grace Short. Welcome to um, Live from Grace's Closet. It's a podcast in which I sit in my closet and I just kind of I just kind of lay it on you. I just give it to you straight, and. I don't know if you could tell, um, from the, you know, the way I am, but I do find myself to be quite, quite funny. I do make myself laugh on various occasions. So, you know, going into this, I thought how it's not interesting to have a podcast with one person, but when you have as much raw comedic talent as I have and as much, uh, I don't know what the the word is for this, but as much spontaneity, spontaneity, is that how you say that word? That's not really quite the word I was looking for, but when you have as much wild chaos in your brain as I do, it's almost like speaking to a small crowd and having a conversation with them. So I don't think um, it'll be a problem. Also, I'm not here to please the masses. I'm here because I'm bored and... I thought I could watch Jane the Virgin. I could play Animal Crossing. Um, Those are all worthy endeavors, but also I could get in my closet and I could effectively talk to myself for who, who even knows how long. So yeah, this podcast is very, very loose. There, there's not really a specific thing I'm here to do except be in my closet. That's the only expectation that I've set. Um, so I don't really have a hook. I don't have something that sets me apart from other podcasts. And that's unfortunate, but also, as I said, I'm just here for a good time, and that's all. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I didn't really think this out. Uh, what... You, you want to hear about the closet? Oh, sure, I'll tell you about the closet. Um, So I'm in this closet. Uh, I live in a house in Missouri, and I'm in, I'm in that house at the moment. Um, and I live on uh, the second floor of that home. And my closet... The, the one that I'm sitting in, the one I'm recording in right now, if you didn't already hear about that, this, I am in a closet at the moment, um, it's, it's kind of the place to be, it's kind of the hot spot, it's the talk of the town, and I can't blame, there's millions of people trying to get into my closet right now, because it's just so exciting in here, there's, uh, all kinds of clothing, all, mainly t-shirts from, like, freshman year, um, I don't live in this room full-time, my dog is outside the closet, he's sniffing, he's saying, why is she, why is she in that closet, 
and I don't have a good answer for him. But most of these shirts are from freshman year, because I haven't lived in this room. Uh, even freshman year, I didn't live in this room, because I lived in a different house. Uh, but when we moved here, I switched schools, and I go to boarding school now. So, not to be bougie, but I don't spend a lot of time in this room. So a lot of these clothes I have worn like a couple times and then I forgot they existed and then I came home and they were here and I was like, wait a minute, what are these? So, you know, a couple shirts from camp. Um, there's a shirt from when I went to New York City with my choir freshman year 2018 NYC trip. We all had to wear the same shirts so that everyone around us knew that we were tourists. Um, and I know you're you're asking yourself right now, if you were so clearly a tourist, did you get swindled out of money? And the answer is yes. I was a freshman. I was, I be- how old was I? I was 14 at the time. Um, I, I didn't have any uh, leader power. I thought I did, kind of. Um, but looking back on myself now, I did not. Uh, so I did get swindled. And, you know, that'd be a good story to start off with. Uh, while I'm sitting here, uh, there's some boxes on the floor. So, uh, my final note about what my recording setup is like, just so you get a sense of atmosphere before I tell the story. Um, I'm sitting on the floor. I'm kneeling on the floor, rather. There is just enough space for me to kneel down on the floor. My phone is on a suitcase, which is about head level when I'm kneeling. It's about, you know, it's right there by my mouth, which is what you want to do when you're recording a podcast. Um, there's a box. There's, it's just a mess in here is what it is. But, man, if the acoustics aren't better than my room, so... I love to see it. I love to see what's going on in here. Anyway, on to the story about me in freshman year in New York. Uh, Freshman year was a time to be alive, and we're not really getting into that right now. I do have other good stories from that year, though. It was was definitely a year that that I lived through. Uh, So, we took this trip... I was in choir. I was in the concert choir, not the women's choir. Those were the only two options. And I decided I did not want to be in an all-women choir. I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, I, I thought concert choir was more fun. And as far as I know, it was. But I also didn't even try women's choir, so maybe they were having a blast. But we, both choirs, at the end of the year... Uh, got to go to New York, uh, for a trip. It, it was touted kind of as, like, a, the reason we were going there was because, uh, we were going to perform there. Really, it was just a tourist experience where we also kind of sang sometimes, which, you know, if I, I was not, I'm not a purist. I'm not like, oh, we should have gone there. We should have just sang all day, every day. We shouldn't have looked at any of the sites. Um, but I just, I was just there to go to New York mainly. I was in that choir at first because I did enjoy choir. Um, I'd done it since middle school, 
But at times it was trying at best, and I would get kind of aggravated uh, because, and, you know, no one had the spirit in there. So uh, eventually I only, the only thing that kept me from not dropping the class, like, later in the year once it got aggravating was uh, that I was going to be able to go to New York, which is my favorite city. I do, I'm fond of that city. I'd been there twice before. So I was like, uh, yeah, third time. I'm practically a native at this point. I'm here to do things. I'm here to see sights, but I'm also here to school everyone else on uh, the city of New York and all of the things to see there. Um, going into it, I was confused because I was like, we have all these people. The only way I've ever gotten around the city, because I call it that because I'm a native, uh, the only way I've gotten around ever at that point was on the train. Uh, so I, I was like, are we all gonna get some some metro passes? Are we gonna live it up in the big city? Uh, find love, maybe? Uh, with, I, I think there were like 28 people, 30 on that trip. Were we gonna get 30 people on the train? The answer obviously was no, and it didn't make sense to me at the time how that could even be possible, and the reason why it didn't make sense was because it, of course, was not the case. Turns out, we took a bus there. We took a charter bus, um, which was an experience in itself getting there, but also we got around in that bus, and it just amazes me that anyone can drive a bus of that size, period, like that, just thinking about it stresses me out. I can barely drive a normal-sized sedan, much less a whole bus. I would be hitting all kinds of fun things when I would make turns if I was driving a bus. So, mad respect to people who drive the big buses. Because our driver of this charter bus, don't remember, we had multiple, but I think we only had one while we were in the, in the city. Um... He was a real one. He was just navigating those turns. And I probably, if I tried to drive in New York City, even in a normal car, I would probably lose my mind and have a whole anxiety attack the whole time, the entire time I did that. So to drive a bus, I just cannot. I just can't imagine. I And I'm, I was so proud of him the whole time. Uh, but yeah, we we rode that big bad boy all around the city, and when we weren't riding that big, big bad boy, uh, we were following our tour guide, whose name was Joe, and Joe was a pretty cool guy. He, he didn't like Next to Normal the musical. He told me he couldn't stand it, and that hurt my feelings, but then I was like, well, Joe, if you don't like Next to Normal, like, what what is up your alley? And he said, American idiot. And I haven't forgotten. So anyway, uh, we were there for a weekend. I, yeah, three full days, maybe two. We were staying at a hotel in New Jersey because it was much cheaper. Um, and yeah, we were just there to kind of see the sights, look around uh, we sang at the UN, we sang at, oh, I don't remember the name of it, there's, there's a, a big church, I believe it's called a, 
like maybe a basilica. Um, I'm not Catholic. I don't know the names of the big buildings. I think they're pretty. Um, don't really know what they're called though. Um, but whatever the big one, St. John's maybe, uh, it's in New York. It's modeled after, uh, Notre Dame or, you know, what, when, you know, when Notre Dame was still there. We remember. It's modeled after that. And we, we performed there in our garb, which was, as I said before, the matching shirts, which made us look really cool in front of the other choirs that were there and like fancy clothes, you know, like normal choirs do. No, we were there in shirts that we designed ourselves just so everyone there knew what we were there to do, to be tourists and to sing and to share our gift. There's a song we were supposed to sing called God's Gonna Set This World on Fire. We did not sing that in the Catholic Church. We held off on that one. But was it, were those the only two places we sang? Oh, we sang at, uh, at Trinity Church in the graveyard. Man, I thought that was questionable what, that we did that. Um, because everyone was obsessed with Hamilton, you know, like everyone has been for a while now. Um, so we were like, oh, we got to go look at these, these good, good graves. We got to go see Hamilton's grave and his wife's grave and his son's grave, you know, Hercules Mulligan. He was also there. It was like a party and there were far too many people. That is a small cemetery of a small one, a minuscule cemetery. That one is. And we had so many people, I think at one point, I looked down and I was standing on Hercules Mulligan's grave and I thought, ooh, yikes, that one's going to follow me for a while. Um, and I think he haunts me now. I'm not sure. But it was definitely weird um, to, you know, just go stand on people's graves. And people would, like, give you dirty looks when you stood on the graves. And I know why. I know you're not supposed to stand on the graves. I wasn't trying to. But there were just too many people and not enough space on the sidewalk. But we did get in there and sing something. I don't remember what. I don't remember any of the songs, actually. Or, no, that's why. We had one song where we were supposed to simulate jungle noises. So, like, we would make rain noises, which would be like... Which is me rubbing my hands together. This is ASMR. I would do that. And then to simulate uh, the sound of rain would be which is me snapping, and then we would thunder, which I can't do because I'm kneeling right now, but it would just be stomping, and then we would, like, slap our thighs to, to make harder thunder and more rain, I guess, which would, so it was a ruckus, and then we'd make animal noises, so maybe we sang that one there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, it was quirky there. Uh, so one day, I think it was the second day, we took a tour of, was it a tour that day? What were we doing? Maybe, I think we took a tour of Radio City. Yeah, that was, that was it. We took a tour of Radio City Music Hall, looked at it. We were like, man, there it is. This is uh, where America's Got Talent is. And that's the only thing we could remember at the time. Um, and then we left there. We, we did meet a Rockette, so that was an experience. I do have a picture of myself with the Rockette, 
Um, if anyone ever doubted me, I do have that in my possession. And then we left there. We made friends with some girl who was standing in the window of a building across the street. Um, people exchanged Snapchats with her. They We all added her. We were like, whoa, we made a new friend through the window of all places. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, friendship. And then she unadded everyone she added, like, the next day. So it was going well that day. We went to Rockefeller Center after that. And we looked around, and then it was lunchtime, and they were like, here's a bright idea. We're going to get all these kids. And we're going to let these kids just go free, go wild and free. They were like, you have an hour and a half, maybe, to I don't remember how long, uh, to go get lunch and then meet back here. And we'll continue with our adventure in the big city. So they were like, okay, uh, scram. And I got up, I got together with two people. One of them was this kid who I had such a strong disdain for all of freshman year. So that was cool. I I guess I was giving him a second chance because I was about to leave the school. I felt mercy. So I was like, okay, bro, I'll hang out with you. So I had him. And then I had my other friend uh, who was a senior and she we bonded because she would drive me to the middle school during peer tutoring hours uh, when I was a freshman. And I would go tutor the, the children and then we'd drive back in her car together and it was lovely. So, you know, I had a fun crew and I was like, okay, gang, um, I want to go to the shop that's in the basement of Rockefeller Center, the uh, NBC gift shop, because I am a normie. I want to get a Dunder Mifflin t-shirt, and I want to get a Saturday Night Live hoodie, and these are the things that I require. And my friends were like, all right, swag. Uh, We hopped on over, we hopped on down there, I looked at a bunch of things, I spent exactly $100 in there, Horribly overpriced, but man, the memories that came out of it, beautiful. Uh, So I made my purchases. I was feeling good. And we walk up the stairs out into Rockefeller Center. And we were just going to go to uh, a food truck. There's like a million of these street vendors in New York that have the halal meat trucks. And... They, they do serve a tasty dish, so I was like, yeah, we can go, go to one of these these bad boys. It'll be fine. Uh, we get up there, and there's some uh, men standing around going up to people and trying to get quote-unquote donations for the Boys and Girls Club of America. They have no Boys and Girls Club memorabilia or anything to make them seem official. So I've come to the conclusion that they were not actually, they were just trying to get money for their own personal gain. Okay. Uh, I walk out and (laughs) did I bring up, I'm practically a native. I've been here two times before. I see these people and I'm like, yeah, okay, I know. I know the game. I know what's going on here. So they came up to me and they came up to my friends and they were like, ma'am, ma'am, hello. Do you have a moment? And the the move, the strat, if you will, for when this happens to you, if you ever go to New York, just ignore them. Just don't say anything to them. Keep walking forward. Pretend you don't see them. And they will leave you alone. There's not much they can do. Um, 
So you just keep going, especially if you're in a crowded place like that. Like, they, what are they going to do, you know? So I just kept going. I was busy being a native. And I turned the corner around the Rockefeller building. And I'm about to turn to my friends and be like, Ah ha ha, we really escaped them. Aren't you glad you followed my lead? But then I turned around and they were not there. And I said, oh, man. <laughs> This is a some this is a situation I found myself in right here today. And I looked around the corner and I see there were two men as I don't know if I specified that there were two. Uh one of them was talking to both of my friends and I was like, "Ah, you guys. <laughs> you're not natives. That's what you are. You just don't get it." So I was like, "Whatever. I'll just wait here. They'll stop. They'll get swindled and they'll walk away." And we'll continue on our way. We'll get lunch. Psych, said God, looking me in the eye as the other man. He saw me. He looked me in the eye, much like God did at that moment. And he saw me waiting. And he hustled on over. He saw that I was 14, a young child, without any adult supervision. A mistake, he said. Uh, he walks over. He shook my hand. He said, how are you today, miss? And I was like, I'm fine. How are you? And he said, I'm doing quite well. Uh, don't worry. I'm a good man. I'm not a bad man. And I, I won't hurt you. And I don't know. Have you ever had a conversation with a person? Um, and I've, ha I've had a couple. That's just not how you start the conversation. And nevertheless, he went ahead and started that conversation that way. And I was like, mm, yikes. <laughs> and then he went into something about how he was with the Boys and Girls Club. And they had a basketball game tomorrow. And the kids needed jerseys. And they had no jerseys. And I don't know, like, where they were getting these things printed. But it, they must have the quickest turnaround time ever. Because they were going to get the money today at, like, 3 p.m., and have those jerseys for those kids the next day at, like, noon. So I thought that was really impressive. Um, and he told me a bunch of prices for these airheads he was selling to help the cause. And they they weren't even, like, the normal size airheads. These are, like, the tiny ones. And I, as I said, I was 14. I was flabbergasted. I was like, oh, what do I do? And I had no leader in me. I could have just been like, no, no, thank you, sir. But, you know, I did what I did, which was I thought to myself, what is a amount of money that I think would make him go away, but also not be spending all of my money? So I said, okay, $10, right? $10 is a good sum for a person. So I pulled out my wallet which was kind of kind of stacked, okay? <laughs> I'd been saving up for this bad boy for a little while. So I was kind of, I was swimming in it. I, I was like Scrooge McDuck, all right? And he saw that, and I pulled out $10, and he went, nope, no, 20. And I went, what? And he said, 20. And I, I paused, and I thought... Do I argue or do I just give him 10 more dollars? And unfortunately, folks, I did give him 10 more dollars. I gave him 20 dollars. 
and he said, he said, thank you very much. He, like, kind of mumbled it. I, you know, the, the power of the money, I guess, made him less kind. And he handed me all of the airheads he had. And that was, like, I don't know, maybe ten. Yeah, I think I paid two dollars per tiny airhead. Uh, and I was, I was not excited about what had just happened. He walked away. My, my gang came back to me. And I was like, hey, folks. <laughs> hey, can we talk over here? I, hey, what happened there? What went on there? And uh, I come to find out that the guy that I, the guy I didn't like had been walking in front of my, my friend with the car. And he stopped to talk to one of these guys, which uh, my friend knew was not the move. Uh, But she couldn't get around him. So they both got swindled because he, he stopped for them. And I was like, Ah, classic move. Um, how much, how much did you give them? And they said, oh, five dollars each. Five, five dollars each, they said. And they each had five fruit, fruit by the foot. No, 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 no. Fruit roll up is what, is what this one is. The, not the ones that's, that are real long and have the paper. The ones that are like a sheet. I think that's a fruit roll-up. Maybe I'm wrong. They had fruit roll-ups with the tongue tattoos on them. Now, I was not happy to have gotten $20, uh, not really forcibly taken, but like I was a kid, so kind of an impressionable youth. Impressionable youth. Um, I was not excited about that, but had the man given me fruit roll-ups with the tongue tattoos, I would have been significantly less mad about the situation. I would have been, I would have had the, the create, the most choice tongue tattoos out of the whole group of high schoolers on that trip, and I would have asserted my dominance in that way, so it, that would have made up for it. However, I had airheads, and I was not happy, and I didn't eat those airheads, and I, I think I threw them away. I, I, I wanted nothing to do with them. They brought me great shame. So yeah, that's the story. Nothing. There was another thing that happened on that trip, but I, you know, I want to save that one for later. I had, I have a finite, 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 I don't know how to say words. Um, I don't have an infinite number of stories, so I got to really draw it out. That way I can continue to sit in my closet and tell these stories. So, yeah, my left leg is completely numb, and my right leg is almost numb. Um, Oh, I have a story about that, too, that also takes place in New York, but, like, two years earlier. So, yeah, just keep keep on listening. You'll get to hear all those stories and more. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed Live from Grace's Closet. I've enjoyed it, except for how my leg is in pain at the moment. Uh, yeah, have a wonderful evening, and, uh, see you next time.